0: Hey, everybody, welcome to this week's The Real Estate Life with Kevin Rouse. This week, we talk about short-term rental investing, this Airbnb model, this HomeAway model, this VRBO model. Is it something that you really want to do? We have an expert, good friend of mine, TJ Tajani. He has built a portfolio of short-term rentals. He even does a class uh, on short-term rentals that we'll talk about in this particular podcast. So, DJ, hit that music, please.
1: Support for this program comes from the Digital Broadcasting Network presenting podcasts and web series from everyday people who have an extraordinary passion to make the world a better place.
0: All right, this is Kevin Riles. We are back with, um, I'm excited today because I've seen this brother on um, all these social media platforms. uh, And I got a chance to get him on The Real Estate of Life with Kevin Riles. Um, And I've seen him, you know, doing stuff with my boy Tyron McDaniel, my builder, who's building my duplexes right now. Uh, and I've seen him, uh, you know, had other, uh, we're also, uh, fraternity brothers. I've had other people talk about it, but you know, he didn't come, I didn't talk, he didn't come talk to me, you know, <laughs> so some, some kind of way about that. So, uh, oh, no. uh, so I want to introduce you guys to TJ, uh, to Johnny. Welcome to the real estate of life, sir. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Very blessed to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It's a true honor. Thank you good. so much.
0: Good, good. Well, um, I, um, like I said, I've heard. Uh, of kind of some of the stuff that you're doing through the grapevine, but we hadn't uh, actually talked about it, uh, and so I wanted to talk to you first and foremost. Um, you know, our subject today is short-term real estate investing with TJ uh, to Johnny. But before we get to that, I always like to kind of get the history of people and kind of you know how they got into this and kind of right. their background. So give me kind of the Reader's Digest version of you know where where forth you cometh from. Uh, yeah. Background, where would you go to school? you know how did you how'd you end up to where we are today?
1: yeah, um so I mean my story is a is, is a little unique i mean not that not that different. Um, I came originally, I was born in Nigeria, so I came here when I was eight years old. I started school here in the u s in the second grade okay. um, ended up ended up being the first in my family to go to college um, and I went to University of Houston where I studied mechanical engineering, and uh, I graduated from there and I actually started working on gas. Uh, so I was doing pretty well coming out of school. I was always traveling, though. The thing is, I was always gone a lot. I was working on the rigs, like offshore. I mm-hmm. was at the, uh, with the position I was in, I was an installations engineer. I essentially was pretty much at the face of the economy when it comes to oil and gas. So, you know, uh, working offshore, working on the installation vessels and the rig um, to install subsea equipment. So I was doing that, but I was always gone. But I was always, I knew I really, really wanted to do entrepreneurship. And it just depended on what kind I wanted to do. So um, I started reading the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which was, re- which was re- recommended to me by a good friend of mine, Julius. Julius actually recommended Rich Dad, Poor Dad, to me. Shout um, out to Julius. Um, yeah, shout yeah. out to Julius. And uh, so he, I, I, read that, I read that book, and it kind of turned me into the mindset of owning assets and, and real estate investing. So uh, the light bulb just kind of went off. And I said, you know what? This is, this is what I want to stick my teeth in. And so uh I started off my investor career, kind of started off a lot of people kind of started off kind of wholesaling. Um, but I went straight into buying and holding because I started looking into different uh um, real estate organizations in the city. And one particular one I joined, that was their business model. That was a particular strategy. The lifestyles so was what I, the lifestyles, exactly. So uh um, so that's when I got started doing uh, buying and holding. And so that year, this was I graduated from University of Houston 2012. Um, I bought the ash, actually the first piece of property I bought was the house I grew up in. So I bought the house I grew up in for my mom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so then I started living there. And so that was in 2013, then in 2014, going to 15, I bought three more properties in Missouri city. And that's how I started my real estate career and started, uh, doing, getting into some rental properties. And so, um, still working at oil and gas. Then fast forward, I started getting into some wholesalers, started getting some fix and flips. And so then, fast forward into 2017. Now, 2017 was when um, things kind of changed for me, uh, because as you probably know, with the, with the oil and gas market, things kind of uh, is up and down. It's always up and down. And so we were kind of experiencing a down at that time. And I'll never forget. You know, they called us saying we had an all hands meeting when the year started, uh-huh. and uh, about how tough the year was going to be because there was just not that much projects going on anymore. Um, because of the price of oil has took, had, had' dropped so much. Mm-hmm. And so um, we we got into a space where a lot of people, um a lot of great engineers, including myself, was given kind of an option, kind of an ultimatum um, of either switching to a a role that was um, would be, would be a significant drop in what mm-hmm. the uh, salary right. or just taking the severance package and getting laid off. And so I was already investing. I had investment properties. I kind of saw it as an opportunity. To me, I kind of said, you know what, I'm going to bet bet on myself and I I went ahead and took the severance so I was essentially I was laid off from my position. And this was in 2017. And so I kind of just started sinking my teeth into real estate investing. And that same year is when I found the short-term rental side of things. Um, but it's crazy because I tell when I tell people about my story, the the truth is is that I wasn't looking to be a, to get into the space. It kind of found me in a sense because I was just doing market research on generating more leads, being a being a better investor. I was just essentially just developing and bettering myself. And so while during my research, I came across the strategy of short term rental investing. And at the time, I had a couple of properties I was already remodeling that that I was going to um, transition into traditional rentals. So I said, you know what, I'm gonna try it on one of these properties. And so after I remodeled it, I just furnished it, and then I. Tried it, and I never forget. Uh, I was so nervous, and I didn't know if it was going to work or not. And I, I listed this property on Airbnb. It was the first platform I used. I listed the property on the Airbnb, um, and I got, and I, I was at home, and I started watching a movie, and I put my phone face down because so I was like, "Man, I already know i nobody. I don't know if somebody's going to see it. Who's going to pay me? Who's going to rent this property?" And so I never forget. Somebody inquired. It wasn't even a booking, but it was a question that they had about the property, and I was just so excited. I said, "Oh wow! <laughs> so okay." Okay, you know, it's actually at least getting seen. And and then uh, the next day, I woke up with two bookings. And so I said, okay, I, I can, I think I can, I, I like this route. I like the strategy. I think this is something I can sink my teeth in. And so I kind of just ran with it from there. I started studying, I started studying what it takes to be a successful short term rental investor. I started studying how to set up a business. I started studying the type of system that's needed, the type of team that's needed. And I found a great mentor and uh, that we, we were a whole kind of community. Um, that, you know, we have our mentorship calls and, and so now I'm, I'm to the point to where I, I built my portfolio, started from one property. I'm at this point, this was, um, the end of 2017 going into 2018. So, um, going into two years in this business and now I have 10 and, um, my goals. Yeah, 10 units or 10,
0: 10 properties?
1: So 10 units. So my, my rental portfolio is kind of, is kind of, uh, it's kind of mixed up. So I have, um, I have. Ten properties that I own, Mm -hmm. but um, half of them, no, six of them are short-term rentals. The other four are traditional rentals. And then I also utilize the rental arbitrage strategy within short-term rental side. Mm -hmm. And so few of those units are rented as well. And so I'm
0: going to stop you there because I want to go back to your story to a, a quick second before we get into the. Yep. You know. So I'm letting you know we haven't uh, really talked. And usually when I have guests on, I, I don't do a whole lot of pre-talking because I want the conversation to be organic uh, in right. uh, the discussion. Uh, and so um, uh, uh, your story mirrors my story almost too. <laughs> The T, the only difference is I'm much older than you. Uh, So, um, um, oil and gas, computer engineer. uh, um, The only difference is I I left uh, Exxon to go to um, another company. I had an interim step before I started, and I got my real estate license to become a real estate investor. And my first property, believe it or not, because I know where some of your rentals are located, was on Wheeler and Delano, one block of HPE building. Uh, wow. I, yeah. I lived in the bottom I rented out the top that was my first house, nice. uh, nice. and so I got my real estate license at the time because I just wanted access to the MLS that was it I don't yeah. thinking that this was a career I thought this would be a side hustle and so like you real estate found me um, more so than me looking for I knew I always wanted to be an entrepreneur uh, but okay. I didn't think that that was uh, the mechanism so fast forward 20 uh, one years later actually twenty four years uh, later uh twenty one in business ownership um, you know I do this for a living um, you know commercial real estate and apartments and things of that nature so I, I'm telling my story kind of quickly and in, in yours for those that are listening that um, you know it's possible basically I, I want people to know uh, that it's possible and you're a young guy, you're doing it way faster actually than than I did it for five years if you think about it, you Graduate 2012 to 2019 now at seven years out, and you ten units in uh, uh, as well. And so there are a lot of people, uh, especially our engineering-minded and, and, and accountant minded and ana- analytic-minded folks. They study long and they study wrong, and they don't do. They, they're right. like, "Ooh, ooh I'm gonna study, I'm gonna study, I'm gonna study, I'm gonna study, I'm gonna study," and they never actually do. And so. Again, before we get to kind of your details of, of, of kind of your business model, what made you do? Like, what, what, what took that fear away? Uh, or it sounds like there was some fear as to the short-term goals, but when you were getting laid out, because I got laid off as well, and I started looking for another job, and I looked up at my board, and I said, man, if I close all these deals, I'll make half my salary in the next three months. Why am I looking for another job? And I've never had uh, another cor- uh, corporate job since then. Uh, so right. I teach at Prairie That's my benefits job, but that's what that comes Uh So, <laughs> so, so again, going back to motivation, uh, what what was in you to say, okay, I'm not going to go look for another ME job or another oil and gas job or just another job in general. I feel comfortable that I'm going to bet on myself.
1: Yeah, I, you know. It's funny because when you mentioned that and a lot of us in this engineering mindset, especially us, that's so analytical, right. we get into, we get into a phase of what we call in the investment world, like analysis paralysis. Right. right. And so, you know, you get, you start to look into and you study and you, and you watch a lot of YouTube videos and you read all these books, but at some point in time, you got to take action. And the action is where you, where, where the magic when happens. When you really learn Yeah, Yeah. That's, that's really it. where you learn. Exactly. Even if you fail, we consider it failing forward because even if you fail, even if you fail, um, um, you will learn, you will develop, and it's just going to make the next deal better. And you're going to learn from it. You're going to grow from it. Um, so for me, it was just more so I, there was a fire. It's something about when your back's against the wall. Right. <laughs> um, it's something about, is something about that, that lights a fire that makes you just like, you know what? I need to go. I have to move. At the time when, uh, when I was laid off, I was also planning a wedding. So, you right. know, it was just like and, no. and by the way, if
0: you follow TJ on social media, the the, the flyest dressing wedding I've ever, had, by the way, just like the whole color thing. But I'll I'll let you guys at the end when I give this <laughs> social media contacts out. Y'all can go check out his wedding pictures. But go ahead. Uh, T-
1: I, 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 I appreciate it. it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So you know, there was definitely a fire lit. There was definitely a fire lit. And so I knew that, you know, just action has to be taken. And, you know, we spent, I spent money furnishing my first unit. I spent money furnishing it. It was a three bedroom, two bath house, which is funny. Now my mentor, um, at the time he was like, man, you sure you want to do it on this property first? Mm-hmm. Uh, because he was like, it's a big undertaking for your first unit. Cause he always recommended, which at the time now I see why he does it why he recommends it. Um, Probably starting off with a studio, maybe doing a rental arbitrage. starting mm-hmm. for a studio, a one bedroom, so you're not so overwhelmed for your first unit. But I went and furnished the whole seventeen hundred square feet, three bedroom, two bathroom yeah. unit, uh, and so I went with it like hey, that. Yeah, look, and
0: I'm sure you didn't get the furniture from uh, uh, from, a, from a <laughs> nonprofit. You you wouldn't spend some money for the furniture too. So we
1: had we had to spend money for the furniture because you know, and that's the thing about the short term rental space. You can't. Uh, there are different tiers of how you can set up your units, and if you if Back in the day, like when I'll say probably five years ago, mm-hmm. when Airbnb was very well very very much so up and going, mm-hmm. but it was still a, it was still a trend. it was like something that people just wanted to try out and still wanted right. to do. At that time, you could have probably just set up any any Rinkennden couch, just picked up a, any bed from anywhere, a cheap bed and, and just set it up, probably don't have any pictures, no decorations. Mm-hmm. you will still get you would still get bookings, you would still get bookings uh, but now um people are smarter your guests are smarter they expect more and uh, on top of that now there's actually more competition so you kind of have to come with it <laughs> you right. know you kind of have to make sure that your units are nice that your units are set up and it's about providing the best experience for everybody that comes in there and so i knew that uh going into it thanks to thanks to the mentors that i had and so uh I, yeah it was it wasn't a rickety really french we definitely had to spend money and make sure that things were nice. Now, if you're savvy enough, there's definitely ways you can save money. You know, mm-hmm. there are things that you can save on. There are things that I highly recommend don't, don't skimp it on, like, you know, like mattresses. Don't skimp on your mattresses. Make sure they're comfortable, you know, things like that. So um, there are ways you can save, uh, but we definitely make sure that, that we, spent, we, we spent the right amount of money to make sure that it was good to go.
0: So let me ask you this um, um, get past your, your story. You, you've been in it now. Uh, for a while and I know um you have a, a mastermind um uh, class coming up I think it was it October fifth? Yes. yes. October fifth yes. we'll talk more about that and give the people information, but I'd like to give them a little something just you know some some uh, as we talk uh some just general points to, to if they're thinking about this space uh and yeah. this possibility with their rental property or or they even if they haven't started um you know I guess first and foremost why did you like short-term rentals? What, you did the traditional model, you were doing the yeah. traditional model, which yeah. everybody's used to in that, and there's plenty of information out there on buy and hold, and this is how you run a property, property management, this, that, and the other. But why did you choose a uh, short-term rental? What, what, what made you, was it
1: just curiosity or did you think you could profit more or, or give me some reasons why you chose it? So a few reasons, I'll say that, I'll, I'll put this reason at the top is the earning potential. If you are running, if you are running your short-term rental property correctly, mm-hmm. you should be making at minimum three times. You should be netting and that's netting at minimum three times the amount you would as a traditional rental. Okay. So that's, that's one thing. Uh, the second thing is, is that the unit, the, or the property itself is being taken care of so much more. Like I have traditional rental properties. Matter of fact, I have one, one of my properties in Missouri city, I get uh, my tenant just moved out. Um, I'm going to go in there and do the make ready. We're going to spend money on the make ready. Uh, but he wasn't the cleanest person, and so we had to spend money on the rake, ready put it back on the market for it to be rented out. What I like about the short-term rental side as well is that these, the, you know, the, once you set up the properties, um, you have to, when it's clean and ready, mm-hmm. that is the same product you have to serve every person that comes in there. So it needs to be clean every single time. The turnover process has to be handled well. Um, from the baseboards to the fans to everything needs to be clean. And so what that does is it really. It really um, the upkeep of the property is way better than the was of a traditional rental. Mm-hmm. So that's another another thing that I like. But the cons of that, of course, though, is that if you're running a short-term rental property, of course, you know you got to have a team, you got to have systems in place, um, you got to make sure that it's being ran right. So there, it's more hands-on. So there's pros and cons. So it's more hands-on, but you have a more earning potential. Um, uh, but on the other side of the traditional route, it's not as it's, it's more hands-off. But you know. Uh, it's you don't you will make as much money, and you have a you know potential of your property being torn up and stuff like that. Right. So those those are the kind of things that kind of turned me on to it, and um and it's and it's a great service to provide as well, and, and just generally speaking. So um, that really and for but, but the earning potential was was kind of the number one reason really? that kind of turned me to it. And uh, what did you yeah, find? What did, it,
0: I mean, you said the earning potential. Did you do some level of research and you talked to another investor and said, hey man, you, you could really be making more if you did this because when you did it like you said Airbnb was up but it wasn't like out there like their data there's there's so much data out there now where you can kind of yeah. get a sense of yeah. uh, what you know, your night rate should be and all this kind of stuff right. but then that wasn't the case necessarily so
1: you know what did so, you talk to someone that was doing it, it was like oh I need to try that yeah, most definitely. So I talked to a few folks that were doing it. And mm-hmm. then, of course, I did my own market research as well. So I looked at the Airbnbs in that area. And there's one software in particular that I'll throw out there, AirDNA, um, that you can actually just print out like a market report from them. And, he, and he said AirDNA.com, by the way. For yeah, everybody yeah AirDNA.com. Yeah. Right, right. So you can actually pull up market research and see what not only what the other units that are similar, it's almost like running comps for short-term rentals, mm-hmm. right? So you'll be able to see what the other units that are similar to yours in your vicinity are doing and how they're performing. You'll also be able to see what the occupancy rates are. Um, but even if you don't want to pull, because you, you have to pay for that report, even if you don't want to do that, you, there's a free route. You can just go on Airbnb, look up like uh, Houston stays, and then just switch to the map view. And once mm-hmm. you go to the map view, you can just pull up, um, you can select whether it's a, a ho- entire home or whether it's just a private room, depending on your setup, um, and then you can see what these units are renting for and what they're going for. And so, on top of that, you can actually go into their calendar to see how booked they are as well. So I was; those are the kind of research that I was doing. I was adding up the numbers, and I was like, "Oh well, okay. So I should be able to get about one fifty a night on a weekday. Oh, okay, I can get as much as two fifty a night on the weekend if I'm, you know, seventy-five percent, eighty percent occupied. All right, let me let me add a, a factor in these expenses." If I, this, so this is the earning potential. So I was doing all that math before I got into it, it to realize, okay, there's a huge potential upside here.
0: So, so uh, I'm going to be a devil's advocate because I've heard this before. My wife and I actually spent a week this summer in D.C. while my daughter was in a program at Howard. We, we went at an um, a Airbnb um, rental about three blocks away, um, very similar area to kind of like the U of H TSU area around Howard. Uh, gotcha. And so we rented the whole uh, house and uh, got to talking to that property manager. He's a, he specializes in property management for short-term rentals. And so, um, I, I, so I asked this question, the devil's advocate says, well, yeah, but that's only if I can, um, get it rented out for 70% of the month or yeah, but you know, you got these three or four different people all in the same month. And what if they, you know, don't take care of it. Yeah, well, uh, and so on and on and on. And so he and I had different conversations about that. So where are you on those, quote unquote, risk? You know, because that's what people will say is that, you know, at least with a long-term renter, I'm dealing with one person. Um, I might not be making as much money, but I'm dealing with one versus if you have a really popular Airbnb, I'm dealing with five people in a month or four people in a month. And three of them might be great. And the fourth might be either high maintenance or they don't take care of the
1: property, so. Right, right. Um, no, it's a very good question. And the thing is that just like in any business, there's some risk involved. Mm-hmm. Now, it, the, now it's funny when this question kind of goes hand in hand as to when I approach landlords um, to pitch and position myself to pitch my business model to rent their units, to allow me to rent to their units to put on Airbnb. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one of the things that we highlight to them is how we screen the guests, how we actually make sure that we're getting the right people in these units at the right times. And so there are processes and there are things that you can put in place for that to mitigate that to make sure that you're getting the right people in there. Uh, one of them being one thing I like about Airbnb and, wh- and when I recommend starting with Airbnb as well. of course there are other booking platforms but Airbnb is the most turnkey one so I recommend starting there. One of the things is you can, you can actually set a parameter to where people can't can instant book with you um, unless they have a positive or a good recommendation from another from another host so you can you can have that parameter set if they don't they have to request and then you can ask questions and you or you, you can you can now you can actually investigate to see whether you want to approve them you have to actually select to approve them um so one of the things that helps with that is putting the systems in place to make sure that you get the right people in there now i am um, and, and then it also depends on if you're simply just okay with that like if you're okay with uh, managing having five turnovers in a month to make and to to and having multiple people come in there multiple times so you have to just that's something that you know you have to be okay with like for example we average our our stays average about i think six days uh, six days our stays average about six days so sometimes we get make two days we'll get we'll do a three weeks so it just kind of depends on that. but. So who's running your,
0: typically who's renting your, and I'm sorry, I just wanted to, you said oh, good, yeah. average days. Who's typically renting your, your, for those of you, I know I have listeners that are, and watchers that are outside of the Houston area, but uh, most of uh, TJ's um, rental portfolio or short-term rental portfolio is interloop close to, between downtown and the University of Houston and Texas Southern area for the most part. Correct me if I'm wrong, TJ, but I I'm oh, absolutely right. additional information. Um, so with that being said, you know, I, I call you the urban, you know, uh, uh, urban Airbnb market, which is fine because, you know, you're close to all the freeways, you're close to downtown, you're close to University of Houston. So in that particular market, who tends to be um, your typical renter, and what are they typically doing? And as Man, far as like right. career-wise, are they there for pleasure or you know I live in the suburbs and I want to be a weekend urban person or or who's your typical tenant?
1: Most definitely that's a very good question. See uh, um, one of the things that you have to ask yourself when you're setting up a short-term rental property Mm. the number one question when I tell people is who are you serving? Mm. Who are you serving? And so you got to determine who you're serving and tailor your units to those folks and that way you will be able to um, kind of niche down a little bit and actually get make more money. So for us, being the locations that we are, and location matters, by the way. Um, location is actually a big deal. So all of us- like I'm real Still, like, <laughs> <problem. laughs> what type of real estate <laughs> you doing location? Location, location. location matters. Absolutely true. Uh, but and you're very, very correct. All of our units are within Midtown, Third Ward area, by the University of Houston, and downtown, and closer to Medical Center as well. So you have to determine who you're serving. For us, we serve three main groups. People traveling for medical reasons, and that could be either people traveling, coming in, to the To the medical center for to get a procedure done or we've also we also host a lot of doctors and we host travel nurses sometimes so people travel for medical reasons are business travelers so you have huge business sectors here in Houston which are downtown you have a big sector in the financial sector in Galleria there's an energy sector and energy corridor even though I don't have any properties in the energy corridor area we still serve a lot of business travelers because we're really really close to downtown and third group is like large groups. Um, just for whatever reason, whether it's a weekend, we have uh, whether whether it's a large group that's here on business or whether it's a large group that is here for the weekend or whatnot. A lot of our units, we have uh, units from all the way down to one bedroom, all the way up to three bedroom units, and we have. So, really, really determining who you're serving uh, matters. For example, if we're because we serve business travelers, we always make sure that we have a workstation in every single one of our units. Because we serve business travelers. If it's a one-bedroom, we have a workstation. Whether it's a one-bedroom or a three-bedroom. Even our three-bedrooms, we have workstations inside the bedrooms themselves. So like a, when I say workstation, like computer desk with a, with a laptop computer desk with a chair. Um, so we have that. <clears throat> but of my units that are actually relatively close to the medical center, um, uh, literally about half of the bookings that come in are because for some medical reasons. Probably more than that, honestly. Um, I would say maybe 60% of our bookings are for some medical reason. A lot of times, um, it's, it's, it's a patient coming in for like a guy I just checked out. Now he had to, he, he was coming in for a, an ACL uh, procedure on his knee. And so, um, really determining who you're serving is key. And that's one of the reasons that why we always make sure that we are mattresses of quality. Because we know that we're actually going to be serving a lot of people traveling for medical reasons. And you can imagine if they get a procedure done and they plan to rent our space to recover, it's very, very beneficial that that mattress and that bed is very, very comfortable. Um, People ask me, because one of the things I also do is I put a television, a flat screen TV in every single room. So that's the living room and the bedrooms. Mm -hmm. Do you have to have a TV in the bedrooms? No, you don't. That's meant for sleeping. Look, I'm
0: stop you there. (laughs) and maybe we're small down here in Texas, but the bedroom did not have a TV. Did not have a TV. <laughs> My wife falls asleep by TV. Whether she's watching or not, she has to have it on at least to fall asleep. Right. Uh, and so we were in the bed with a laptop, watching Netflix. You know, That's just a, I was like, yeah, this doesn't yeah. make any sense. You know, just put a little uh, TV up here, a little smart TV. You don't even have to have cable you know most people have right.
1: Netflix now have I their own stuff. say they can log in yep yeah yeah exactly on, exactly, exactly so we and, and you can imagine if somebody coming for a medical reason and they, they we had a, we had a lady once she had a uh, she had a, a procedure done in her brain she was at my unit for 18 days mm-hmm. uh, we have king bed we have king beds in this unit and so they she came in and she uh was able to recover in our unit um and she was able to enjoy the TV because you can imagine if people are recovering, they're not as mobile, it's like, a hospital. In yeah. like a hospital. Right. So exactly. Think about a hospital room, right? Yeah. So, so it would be great if they can be entertained while they're recovering in the your unit. So that's why that was one of the main reasons we put TVs in every single one of our units. And so she was really, really happy. The mom, her mom was like, thank you so much for even putting a King bed in there because she had a procedure. She, she was, um, she was. Uh, she had a potential to have seizures while she was asleep. Mm-hmm. So it was great that her mom was able to lay next to her in a big bed that was big enough, right. comfortable for the both of them. So things like that, keeping the guest in mind, keeping the, the, the guest experience in mind, is key. You're so really, happen- you
0: really running a hospital.
1: I mean, you're really running a hotel just in December. <laughs> a, exactly. Right. Exactly their boutique hotels, right. boutique hotels. Exactly. Exactly. So it, things like that are very key. And what's, what's important is the guest experience, mm-hmm. make sure get it, make sure that they have a good experience. And so when you have a listing up, you want to, what, what really helps with the guest experience is they don't have to ask you a lot of questions on how things work, how to get places wherever. So what the best way, there are ways you can do it in layers. One way is your listing, right? So how much information that your listing have, um, your pictures, the, the, the docu- what you actually say, or your descriptions. Because to be honest, if it's not in the pictures, if it's not in the description, they're going to assume you don't have it. So you want to be thorough on that front. And then another layer is when they actually get there, what are they seeing? Like even the thermostat. Is the thermostat kind of difficult to use? We replace all the thermostat. We use the Nest thermostat yes. because the Nest is so easy, right? Just turn and set and you're good to go. So we don't get questions on oh, how do you work the thermostat? Things like that is on how you how you help and improve the guest experience. Even our TVs. Our TVs are flash screens. They're the smart TVs with the apps built in. And the remotes are small and very simple. They have the Roku system built into the TV. So and we provide Netflix and streaming TV cable with our with our units. And so uh, those that are watching our video remote it's like very, that. exactly very remote like it's, that very very simple yeah, yeah. so we don't get we don't get questions on oh, how do you work the remote you know there was a time we went to miami and the remote was just this big and it looked very complicated we had to one, ask one, the of people, those, yeah, one of those, those all-inclusive all- yeah, you all-
0: have to have a
1: phd you know exactly they had a it, it operated the speaker because it was a separate speaker system It operated the speaker operated the, the the direct tv and the volume we were like okay so and then there were two remotes at that, so that really made it confusing. And so uh, you want to make sure that that you're you're, you're providing and enhancing the guest experience by making things simple to where they can come in and enjoy the stay seamlessly without having to ask you how to do stuff.
0: Gotcha. So So um, as we get closer to uh, ending this, um, uh, one other question you you mentioned it. I'm here, I'm here. Okay. Uh, you've mentioned it uh, for uh, a couple of times. So just explain to the people what rental arbitrage is, um, uh, uh, basically, rental arbitrage.
1: So essentially, uh, uh, rental arbitrage is the ability to, um, that's one thing I love about short-term rental investing, because you don't have to own the units to to generate cash flow. But I always encourage ownership at the end of the day, because Ownership is, is, that's your wealth builder. That's your, that's your wealth, that's your generational wealth as well. So, but you don't have to own it technically um, to, to generate income as a short-term rental investor. You can do what we call rental arbitrage. Some people call it master leasing, where essentially you are renting a space and then using, and then taking that space and furnishing it and making a short-term rental to where you don't own it. The tricky part to rental arbitrage is actually positioning yourself to the landlord's and, uh, or the property managers themselves to get them to say yes to allow you to do it. And which is a huge part of what I teach at my master class. Uh, there are certain points uh, um, that you need to make sure that you address with landlords. And I'll, when I talk to landlords and I, I tell them I can sympathize, because I'm a landlord myself. I still have some traditional rentals. So I tell them, I sympathize with them and show them how important, I know how important it is to make sure that you have the right person. Here's why I am the right person to rent this unit. Literally, it's like a business plan. I literally, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a whole plan and, I, and it, it's titled Perfect Tenant Program. I call it my perfect tenant program. And when I position myself with landlords and I go through this business plan, it's essentially a business plan that t- shows them what you do and who you serve. And, you know, a lot of people make mistakes on how they approach it. Um, they throw out Airbnb and they say all this. And at, as much as I love Airbnb, to be quite honest, it kind of has a negative tone to some people. And so you don't, you don't throw that out there immediately like that. You got to have to position yourself. and well, the best way to do it is to show them what you do and who you serve. And there's a certain way to go about that, which is why. So uh, I, I want to speak to
0: this myself. So I, I uh, as most people know that I listen to this, I'm a commercial real estate broker. The only time I still do residential is for, you know, previous clients, family, friends, things of that nature. And so a buddy of mine from high school uh, asked me to, um, Sell his uh, townhome, uh, and so we tried to sell it. this inside the loop, very close to downtown. Um, and for whatever reason, three-story townhomes over there are just sucking wind right now, or at least yeah. last year, as far as being sold. It's just it's too many of them, basically, in my opinion. Uh, and so uh, I said, "Well, hey, you know, so you can cut your losses, expenses, because he had already moved out. Why don't you just lease it?" He said, "Yeah, okay, you know, we'll lease it." And so lease it. Got a lot of activity. Uh, and we ended up leasing it. Well, uh, about three months later, uh, he gets a call from his, um, neighbor and said, Hey man, it's a whole lot of people going in and out of your property uh, mm. uh, all the time. And so he, my buddy calls me and says, Hey, you know, uh, what is the, you know, who's on the lease? Uh, and I said, well, it's just the guy and his, is his son, uh, is on the lease. And he said, well, something's going on. And then Something happened with the hot water heater. So he sent one of his uh, maintenance guys over there. And his maintenance guy comes, Hey, man, it's like three ladies, one in each room. And like, you know, he was like, Is something else going on over there? So come to find out, um, they had replaced the locks um, uh, and put a um, time and combo lock, the uh, you know, smart lock on the front door. And then he happened to be out of town, my buddy, and was looking for Airbnb in Houston for a friend and found his property with my photos, my professional photos that I had gotten taken. What? <laughs> uh, so they're airbnb the property and did not disclose to the landlord right. that they're right. uh, doing that. And that's really how I found out about rental arbitrage. I knew about master mm-hmm. leases for commercial properties. So I say all that to say that I letting the landlord know. So in this case, if he really wanted to, now they're paying rent uh, mm-hmm. and wait, where he's located, they're always going to get Airbnb because it's a great, it honestly, it's a great location. Um, mm-hmm. But the non-disclosure, he could evict them. Uh, mm-hmm. And especially just even from changing the lot. So I think it's important, uh, and not only important, but it's from a legality standpoint, you have to let the landlord know what's going on. Because again, you're in this, but if somebody took that Missouri City property and just changed it into, and didn't tell you, mm-hmm. you would feel some kind of way about
1: that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what, what, what he's doing now, he's infringing and he's invoking the subleasing clause. So now he's actually leasing that he leased it under his name. And then he has, he's rented wow. out to, to other guests, essentially by take by definition, that's subleasing. Yeah. And so and that's what uh, a lot of landlords have an issue with. And they don't know who's in the property or whatnot. So there's the thing is, you got it when you want to do renter arbitrage. You have to first of all get an entity going, and that's one thing I very recommend. If you if if you want to get into this business, especially rental arbitrage space, if you don't have an LLC, go ahead and get an LLC going right now to start one. And um, so, what you what what that person should have done is he should have positioned himself to you, and and the owner, um, let him know why he would be great to to rent that property and what his intentions were. Um, he should have rented it under his business because now if you rent it under your personal name, you're that's subleasing. But if you rent it under a business, now you're doing a corporate lease and a corporate lease and the corporate lease is understood that it, uh, that entity is renting that space with the intention of somebody else occupying the space. So, and I honestly think, don't
0: think my guy would have had a problem with it. He just didn't tell him. This he is didn't stuff. tell him. Yeah. So he, guy, he, at yes. the day, my guy wanted his rent. He's getting his yeah, right.
1: exactly, and that's <laughs> and, where, and that's really what's important. Take care of the property,
0: so exactly,
1: just disclose. Exactly. Yeah, I would if I if I would have if I would have approached your your um if I would approach a client I would I would approach a client with my portfolio I would approach a client showing them all the pictures and and my current listing showing him the product that I have to provide every single guest showing him how important it is that we clean and take care of it I would have came in there show him how we insured it um I would have showed him um how we make sure that we screen our guests to make sure that we get the right people in there. I would have shown him and confirmed with him that I'm. Even though we we're going to be um, hosting other guests, it's me that's going to be on the lease. My entity is the one that's going to be on the lease. So if any ever any time you want us to furnish information on who's there, um, we will we will yeah. gladly send that over. If there's any issues, you come to us. You don't have to worry about who's there. We're we we're here to we're handling it. We're going to also handle all maintenance that goes under prop that the, that comes up in the property. So, things like that. Again, but at the end of the day, yeah. it's disclosure. Disclosure. It's disclosure.
0: Yeah. You're it's saying, disclosure, I'm going to disclose yeah. all this. I'm gonna, I, we're going to basically be partners. You're going to get your rent. This is my exactly. business. Uh, we're exactly. Both, we're both going to win. I, I, I don't have exactly. any problem with the master lease or arbitrage uh, situation. Um, I, I just brought that up uh, because uh, I, I think people need to know that that's the way it should be done, is what you're talking right. about. Versus, exactly. let me fake right and go left. Uh, or as Tyron McDaniel says, the 52 fake out. Uh,
1: so, <laughs> uh no it's funny because i i'm gonna throw in one more story i got a call um man it's going on probably a month ago i got a call from a buddy of mine uh well he's not a, but he's actually uh friends with one of my cousins mm-hmm. but he contacted me he said man TJ, i'm in some trouble i said what's going on he said i wish i talked to you before i even move forward with this he started renting out this um one of these Really, really nice uh, apartment complexes downtown, mm-hmm. and he rented it. Just he, you know, he tried to fly under the radar, like we're mm-hmm. talking about now, and he started doing Airbnb. But within a month, they caught him, um, and they took him to court. They want, and even though he was like, "Okay, I'll move out," you know, I'll, I'll, I'll move I, out. I, I give up. Yeah, go, I, I give up. up. I give right. up. And they said no. They took him to court either way. They wanted to put an eviction on his record. Put an eviction on his record. Not only do they do that, they they're forcing him to pay. a his entire lease term, the 12 month, and that's forcing him to pay that um, all up front. So um, he's he got into a pretty big trouble. He's a man. I wish I had talked to you beforehand. You know. So it's it's and you got to understand, especially like his big reeves. We call them REITs. Um, these big reeves. They are now these days. They're actually like trained. They're 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 trained to to sniff out the find sniff out, out. Find, yeah. sniff out find these finding uh, Airbnb properties. Um, that's why I always recommend starting owner occupants like these are you know even if it's a five flex even if it's a 30 unit property a 50 unit properties a, a smaller owner occupant property that you can directly talk to the property management or even the owner to to pitch your business plan and position yourself to get those leases to so approach a REIT um they do they do have to allocate a certain percentage into corporate leases uh-huh. and that's what it has to be it has to be a corporate lease and you have to have a very extensive portfolio to even approach them okay. and so those aren't the places to go to to especially if you're a beginner. So I don't recommend reads at all.
0: Gotcha. So, um, tell us about, uh, your mastermind class and, um, uh, when is it, what's going to be covered and and, uh, how do people sign up for it?
1: Excellent. So, uh, this is my short term rental playbook masterclass. Um, so that's coming up October 5th and this is the second, it's, it's, it's an eight hour class. This is a full day class where I literally go into detail of the business. I I open up, pretty much open up my business, the back end of my business, um, showing people from the system side, to the furnishing side, to the acquisition side, to running it, building your team, the whole nine is what's going to be covered. And I usually do two different classes. Um, You do like a three-hour class, which is more so like an intro class. And then I do a a detailed one-day class, which is the short-term rental playbook class that I'm doing. And this is the only second one, and this is the second and last one I'm going to do this year. So um, tickets are actually going pretty quick. We mm-hmm. still have some spots available. Um,
0: so, what's the cost? I'm
1: not, uh, the cost. So, if you for for the one day class is two fifty. Um, but if you if you get two people, if it's the uh, if you do two people, it's three fifty. Okay. So you can do two for three fifty, or if you buy yourself, like if it's you and a partner, it's it's three fifty. But if it's just you by yourself, then it's two fifty. Gotcha.
0: And um um and location is it central Houston? Is it is it hotel?
1: Yeah, it's is going pretty central Houston is going to be at, at one of our sponsors, uh, their brokerage actually. Um, and so they're actually here in the downtown area. So it's okay. going to be at a downtown, plenty of parking. don't worry about it. It's not like downtown. It's kind of closer to east downtown a little bit. Um, so plenty, plenty of parking. You know, so I don't have to worry about that. Um, and, and do so I leave central. with a
0: playbook or is it <laughs> just call it, a, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be funny, but uh, you, like, am I leaving with a workbook or do I get any, any things that, uh, uh other than the information while I'm there?
1: Most definitely a great question. So, uh, you're going to get, you're going to, of course, of course the information while you're there, you're going to get, um, cause there's a certain language. Even when you do these leases mm-hmm. when you do these corporate leases and short term rental the leases, there's certain language that needs to go on there. Right. We, I, I usually like to use my, my own lease agreement, which has a language baked in, but if the landlord wants to assist in using his own, or maybe they insist on in using the, the track, mm-hmm. um, there's a certain language that you want to make sure that you add on there mm-hmm. to get that language. Um, you also get the, the 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 softwares, all the softwares that, that we use. You're also gonna be uh, be able to get the the scripts. So when we communicate with our guests, all that process is automated. So when from guest inquiries to when they book and to um the, the checkout instructions, the check-in instructions, all those scripts, you'll get all those scripts as well and um so there's a lot of a lot of things that come with it that you get and you also get the business plan which is which is pretty important Uh you also get the business plan the perfect tenant program you'll be getting that as well so literally you will get there's no reason why you can't go out and make it happen after you leave this class matter of fact the last one day class i did which is i've only done one in the past within two weeks i capped I it at 15 people within two weeks five of those folks have their first unit going right. you know? and so it's it's uh it's very very beneficial it's it's we, it's great value, great information, and you will leave out of there with everything you need to know to get your short-term business going. Where do I sign up for it? So the links, uh, the links in the bio on the social media platforms, especially on my Instagram, very active on Instagram. So links in the bio on my Instagram and, um, and that's
0: and, at TJ, and TJ to Johnny, by the way, at,
1: at TJ, at TJ to Johnny uh, on Instagram. Um, and, and so guys, you know, what I'll Instagram, do is
0: I'll put, put the links in the, um, in the show notes uh, below this uh, video. And for those of you that listen to it in your cars, perfect. you can go to uh, uh, kevinriles.com and, and go to our uh, the podcast. You, you can uh, find the links, so. Perfect, perfect. Thank yeah. you so much for that. And, and, and so um, uh, finally, I'll ask you this. Um, I know that in D.C. and in some um, here in uh, Crystal Beach, um, in Texas and some other places, a lot, some of these municipalities are trying to pass kind of anti short-term rental uh, laws. Uh, for instance, in crystal beach, they have an ordinance on books that says you can't rent your house out unless it's a minimum of 30 days, which Mm -hmm. tries to kill the short term rental market. And so I noticed Mm -hmm. that you have your own separate website from uh, Airbnb that you can mm-hmm. get bookings or at least direct you in that pass. And I was wondering if that was your attempt to just in case this business model starts to change because of uh, uh, ordinances, let me make sure that I can control my bookings. But I guess my overall question is you know, because you're relying on a third party booking site, whether it be Airbnb, HomeAway, VRBO, whatever your platform of choice is, you know, where are you on that? What if? you know, these, these laws start to kind of uh, mess with your this business model, not just
1: you, but just in general? Absolutely. No, that's a very, very, very good question. I'm actually glad you brought that up. So for one thing, the, the website, I think, is important for you to get to, um, and I recommend the, get, start getting the website, especially if you have like four units and above, maybe five units and above, go ahead and get your website going because now you're starting to build the brand. And so the brand is also important. As long as the other booking platforms are great and I love them and they're great, but you also want to start factoring your own brand and start building those brands because what we call, my mentor calls it a single point of failure. So if something happens and, um, you know, there are like you talk about all these regulations, a lot of laws being passed and you're not going to be able to Airbnb or even use any kind of uh, booking platform, you want to be able to, ha- to be able to have your own brand to where you can still garner those bookings. Um, through your own website and so that's that's so the ones who are building their brands now um building those reviews those are the those those are the ones who are going to sustain those that's also a sustainability factor to it as well and so but it's crazy because a lot of laws are passing depending on the market that you're in depending on the city you're in there's a lot of changes being made Um, they just they passed a law recently even in austin here in austin texas if in order for for you to do a short term rental in Austin, the property itself has to be a Type Two residential, meaning it has to be a five flex and above. So you can't do it on a single family. You can't even do it on a four flex. It has to be a five flex and above, whether you're doing rental arbitrage or whether you own it. It has to be a five flex and above. So um, things like that. Now I just passed a new law in New Orleans because um, in New Orleans they were. A lot of people are complaining about how New Orleans is kind of losing its culture because a lot of out-of-town investors are buying up all these properties and turning them into Airbnbs. Um, and New Orleans is a great city to do Airbnbs; it's a huge Airbnb city. And now they just passed a law to where um, you have to own and live in a house to do it, um, to do Airbnb. <sighs> yeah, so that's that's a new thing. Um, but apparently, they're still they're still they're still negotiating the terms because as of now, even if you live in the city of New Orleans and you own an investment property, you can't Airbnb but I believe from what I read, they're still coming back to that. And so they're going kind to of revisit that. But they're trying to still preserve the culture of the water. So it's different. I mean, San Diego, San Francisco, um, L.A. is having uh, ordinance issues as well. I mean, it's all different, different uh, issues that might come up in different markets. So you definitely want to be aware of that. And that's one thing I will recommend people. No matter what, when you want to get into this business, study your market. Study, look at the market research. Look at what's going on in that city to make sure that that city is, for one, short-term friendly. Especially one of the ways that you'll know is that if Airbnb actually remits the taxes on behalf of the city and the city is actually making money on Airbnb, then that's another good sign that, okay, it's, it's going to be there to stay because the city's not going to want to stop that money train anytime soon. And so that's nothing to definitely look out for. But I built the, I, I, I do the website uh, because, um, because for one, that's for me building the brand. And I don't want to have a single point of failure. If something happens to where I can't use Airbnb or Booking.com or Expedia or HomeAway, which all I'm using all these platforms, I still have, I'm still able to garner direct bookings through my website. But in order for you to do that, you got to understand that there's marketing involved. You gotta you get into the marketing business as well, um, and there's a certain way you should go about that. Um, so that's that's definitely why I do the website. But I'm glad you brought up the city ordinances because it's not even so much. Uh, that, that's, that's, that's very important. And even in a city like Houston, that's very short-term rental family, you still have to c- consider HOA, because even if you, you the city's okay with it, that don't mean that particular neighborhood or that particular area or that particular apartment complex is okay with it. So HOA is another layer, is another thing that you have to worry about as well.
0: Yeah, um, uh, and, and the reason I'm aware of that is I saw a property in, 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 uh, in Tiki Island. I said it's Crystal Beach, but I meant Tiki Island. Uh, that uh, we considered um, ourselves, uh, my wife and I, for to last you know, second home on the water type deal, and I was like, oh, you know, um, I'm just um, put it on short term rentals while we're not, you know, when, when we're not taking advantage of it, and started doing research and saw that saw that you know they had the 30 day minimum stay, mm-hmm. uh, and they they have uh, such a small island that they're easily policed as to you yeah. know whether you, if you wanted to break the rule or not and so right. um, you know you still could do quote-unquote short-term rentals but they would have to be a minimum of 30, 30 um, days, days. Yeah. and you know those are not as sexy uh, yeah. as, <laughs> as you know a three night minimum or a two night minimum or whatever the case may be so it's just right. something to consider but even with all that I want everybody to know that, that this is actually a model that my wife and I as in our own um, investment portfolio are considering we're building, uh, duplexes uh, now for long-term rental uh, in areas that would not be good for uh, short-term rental, but I'm thinking about building those duplexes in areas that would be good uh, for short-term rental. So this is not just something that, um, you know, I'm, I like to educate with this podcast and educate in general, but this is something that we're considering uh, ourselves because uh, we actually have one day want to own hospitality properties, in other words, uh, mm-hmm. hotels. And to me, this would be a good uh, training area for doing that uh, um, uh, long-term. And so uh, that's why I want to have TJ on um, um, to talk about this. Uh, hopefully you guys will get information about the uh, class. Uh, what's the website um, so they can check out your, web- not, not the website for the class, but the website for your, your properties?
1: Oh, yeah. uh, The company name is Home Suites. So the website is uh, www.bookhomesuites.com.
0: So bookhomesuites.com. And again, I'll put that uh, in the notes of uh, uh, below this podcast. Uh, TJ, if they want to get in touch with you, uh, shout out your your social media or any other contact information that uh, you feel comfortable giving out.
1: Most definitely, definitely. Uh, reach out to me on Instagram. I'm very active on you know, social media, especially Instagram. TJ is on the um, gram, y'all. <laughs> He's on the gram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the gram at tj to Johnny. That's at T J T I J A N I t i j a n i to Johnny. So definitely reach out to me on gotcha.
0: there. Well, I appreciate you, you know, coming coming to um um below little me and, and oh no talking. <laughs> and talking. And talking real estate and talking short-term rentals, we'll have to have you uh, back on. Um, you know, yes, as, definitely. You, as you build your portfolio and learn other things, want to encourage you guys to check out um, bookhomesweets.com uh, at TJ uh, tjtjohnny.com uh, and oh by the way at kevin riles on the gram. I'm on the gram oh, of too.
1: Course. Of course, gram. <laughs> I'm on the gram. Um, He on the gram too.
0: Yeah, I'm on the gram. Uh, but uh, of course, you guys always can reach me at uh, kevinriles.com. All my contact information is there. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening. For those that listen, audio, and for those of you that watch the video, uh, I appreciate you guys' um, consistent feedback. I've been a little MIA here lately, a uh, um, couple of weeks. Usually, I'm weekly on these podcasts. This is, I've, I've waited a couple of weeks here, uh, and to be honest with you, I've just been busy, so Uh, But one of the reasons that this is a virtual, for those of you that are watching the uh, video, we did this on a a software platform, uh, is because I've just been moving around so much. So uh, you might start seeing a lot more uh, like this. And Mr. Producer uh, does his thing. He's gonna chop this up and uh, mixtape screw it and all the stuff that he does uh, (laughs) when when, uh, I send him these videos. So TJ, again, thank you, guy. Thank you, I appreciate you. Uh, And uh, for those of you, again, I appreciate you guys listening. And this has been the Real Estate of Life
1: with Kevin Riles. Thank y'all so much. I appreciate it. True honor. All right, Doc.
0: Hey, thanks for listening as always. Do you have questions about any of the topics I'm talking about? If you have questions, let me know. Email me at kevin at kevinriles.com. Again, that's kevin at kevinriles.com. I'm going to do a podcast just on the questions uh, that you guys are sending to me. So feel free to send them to me. Again, that's kevin at kevinriles.com.